Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You got your ass, baby. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow. Now is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Hey everybody, it's Eddie Trunk, and this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thank you for subscribing, thank you for listening. New episodes every Thursday. As I tell you each and every week, the interviews you hear on the podcast originated live on my Sirius XM radio show, which is Trunk Nation, and heard Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern, anything you want, anytime you want, on the Sirius XM app. Follow on social media for info and updates at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, eddietrunk.com is the site. Two more great guests for you this week on the podcast coming up second. Tracy Guns of L.A. Guns. That band just started a tour of the U.S. with Tom Kiefer and Faster Pussycat. That's out there right now. The Sonic Slam Tour. We talk about that and a whole lot more with Tracy. That's coming up second. But we open the podcast this week with a guy, always one of my favorite people, one of my favorite guests. He's a founding member of Van Halen, currently plays in Sammy Hagar's band, The Circle. I'm talking about the great Michael Anthony. And in the interview you're about to hear, which made a lot of news when it happened a couple weeks ago, not even, uh, Michael Anthony talks a lot about the rumored Van Halen tribute uh, tour, if he's part of it, where he's at with Alex these days. Michael Anthony, a very open, unfiltered guy, a very real guy, one of the reasons why I love him so much. And he lets it all fly on this exactly as to his view, what's going on. We also talk a little bit about the coming Sammy Hagar record that's uh, in production or actually done that's coming soon. Uh, they are touring soon. We talk hot sauce, which Michael Anthony has a line of. A lot of good stuff with Michael Anthony first, Tracy Gunn second on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Let's get to Michael right now. Uh, one of my favorite people from one of my favorite bands ever. That band, of course, would be Van Halen, but he currently plays with Sammy Hagar and The Circle as well, Chickenfoot. Countless stuff. This guy's given us so much great music over the decades, still pumping it out. 
He is, of course, Michael Anthony. Good to talk to you, Michael. How are you, brother? Good, Eddie. How you doing, man? I'm really good. I'm good, man. Um, a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about, but let's get to the thing you're calling about and the most important thing, and that is uh, the next walk that you have coming up for the Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. I know this is something very near and dear to your heart, and I gave people in my audience the overview about it uh a, few, a little while ago, but uh, for those that weren't listening or don't know the story, can you update everybody on Rex and the Heartbeaters and this walk? Yeah, well, uh, it's been five years now that uh, our, our grandson was uh, born with uh, CHD, congenital heart disease, and uh, pretty much uh, right after he was born was whisked. We sent him uh, right over to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. And I'd heard of the hospital. I, I'm sure a lot of people have, but sometimes don't know exactly, uh, you know, the extent of what they do. And, uh, you know, it's one of the best places in the country that, you know, any kid, they don't turn anybody down. It, you know, people that are in financial hardship, they, they'll take any kid in. But uh, anyway, we uh, we ended up uh, having to have, uh, he had to have surgeries. And uh, we, uh, we lost him after two weeks, unfortunately. And, uh, it, 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 you know, it, it kind of took that for me to really get into the hospital and see what they do and actually uh, hanging there, hanging out and being there uh, while he was going through all this. I, I, I met and talked with a lot of the doctors and nurses and staff and just found out just the, the great stuff they do there. But anyway, uh, that same year they were starting it. It was, uh, it was called a walk and play LA where they, they raise money, which they do all year long, but this is, where they they have an event where uh, people uh, accept uh, donations and and they walk in the support of the hospital and so we put a team together called Rex and the Heartbeaters as my grandson's name is Rex Michael and uh, we raised a lot of money for Children's Hospital and uh, we've been involved with it every year since then uh, of course the, the last couple of years because of the pandemic they haven't been able to, uh, to actually hold the, the event they held it virtually but uh, this year they're back and. Uh, It'll be held uh, June 25th here at uh, the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. And, uh, you know, just something that's uh, really uh, dear to my heart these days. Yeah, well, it's it's obviously a great cause. And I know a few years ago I had John talking about it a little bit when you had first started doing it. And it sounds like... It sounds like that given that they weren't able to do it in the traditional way the last couple of years, that this year is probably more important than ever to get people back on track with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and then being able and, and doing it live, it's, it's a great uh, morning. It, it lasts uh, during the morning and it's uh, over by noon, uh, but there's all kinds of uh, interactive activities and they'll usually have uh, – Sports figures from Los Angeles. I think this year they're actually uh, Sugar Ray Leonard is going to be one of the hosts. Oh wow! The, oh wow! Yeah. So uh, and and then they, they have all kinds of fun stuff that the family can do. That they have because uh, they have support dogs that uh, visit the hospital daily, and so they have like the company that supplies the support dogs, and they're all there. And it's and you know they got food and drinks, and it, it's just kind of a cool hang. And then we do the walk. Which is which is fun. It's just a casual walk, uh, you know, like three miles, four miles, something like that. Uh, and uh, you know, all the families, kids, and everybody all participate. It's just it's just a really cool thing to do in the morning. So for people that are in the LA area listening right now, they can physically come to this and walk with you and these other people 
And to, in order to do that, do you have to make a donation to actually do the walk or you want to make people want to make the donations in advance? I know there's a couple ways you can help. You can do it online right. if you're not physically in L.A. or you can physically come there on the 25th. Exactly. If, if you're here in the L.A. area, you can actually go on to Children's Hospital website, which probably the easiest way is go on your browser and just uh, type in uh, Walk and Play L.A. 2022. And it takes you right to the uh, you can register. There, it's like a $25 or $35 registration fee to walk. And, uh, you know, once you're registered, you can raise donations through friends or, or whoever also. But uh, more importantly, you can uh, you can join in the walk and join in everything that's going on. If you're not in L.A. and you want to make a donation, of course, if you go to this, the same walk and play L.A., you can uh, find me or our team, Rex and the Heartbeaters, and make a direct donation through us to the hospital. Yeah, I'll tweet out and post on my social media your link so people can sponsor you and the link to the hospital. I'm looking at it right now. It's okay. CHLA. Yeah, there, I, I do have a link in my bio, a link in my bio on my on my Instagram. Okay. And uh, you know, which is all lowercase mad, lowercase Anthony, lowercase base man. Or like or like, you know, you said, you know, you can go straight through the hospital. Yeah, the website it looks like is CHLA, which is Children Ho- Children's Hospital LA dot org, and then you'll see the page for Walk and Play and all the information there. Again, that's CHLA dot org, and also there is Michael's direct page, which you can sponsor his walk and make a donation if you're not in the LA area and uh, or you just can't attend this. So, I will I'll share all that stuff on on my socials later today as well just so people have a convenient way to get right to it to help out the cause and it it looks like um you know I went and made a small donation the other day myself it looks like you're off to a good start there there's some good funds in there Yeah yeah you know we we uh I I, I reach out to everybody and you know and it's 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 great every dollar helps and you know if you uh, actually look a little, a little further what the hospital actually does they do, they do great stuff and you know it's 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 actually really heartbreaking in one sense to, to be there at the hospital and see all these children there. But then on the other hand, it's great to see all the, the, the care they get. And it's just, it's just a, a, a great hospital. Yeah, that's, that is, uh, yeah, I think it's wonderful that you do this. And uh, we already got, I'm looking at your personal page right now. You're already over four grand. So that's a good start. The goal of five grand, but I think you're easily going to hit that. You got, you got almost a month still left to go. And yeah, there's I got to start somewhere. I got to start somewhere, Eddie. <laughs> and go then I'll, shake, and then I'll make my own, and then I'll make my own donation to myself too. <laughs> go shake Hagar's cage a little bit. Tell me, give you some of that tequila money. Yeah, I ra- <laughs> I rattle him up every year. He he, he, uh, he his family his uh, he donates every year, which is which is great. And uh, a lot of you know it's it's funny that you know we, we talk about like five years ago was the first one, and actually had I'd gotten a really generous donation way back then from David Lee Roth. Which was, I remember was, that. Was, I, reme- yeah, I remember which, when that happened because you had we I had you on to talk about this, and then I think you even came to me or I came to you and said, is that – we were trying to figure out if it was legit and it was really from exactly. Dave, and you found out it was, right? Yeah. I I, uh, I didn't really know at that point uh, at that time how to get a hold of Dave, and I saw it and I thought, oh, no, it, it can't be at first. And then, and then I uh, – I, I was able to, I, I forget how I kind of reached out to where he would get the message. And I said, I, I just thanked him. I, I said, you know, I, we haven't spoken in, in years and whatever, and the, but if this is you, I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your donation. And he, uh, he texted me back. It, it, I think it was done through his business manager. 
<laughs> at that time, but he did text me back, and yeah, it was him. So, I mean, it was great. Kind of blew my mind that he did that. Yeah, that is very cool. All right, well, listen, that's a nice transition into into all this. I mean, you've always been super <laughs> – You've always been super upfront about everything and where you stand and all the Van Halen stuff and what you know and what you don't know. It's one of the many things I love about you. I mean, it's been so crazy in the last month or so with this stuff with Jason Newstead and Satriani and all of them confirming that it, nothing should have been said, but it was said. And then the biggest thing was people are like, wait a minute, Jason Newstead, Michael Anthony should be playing bass. So what? What? what's the latest? And then just yesterday or two days ago, uh, Fox uh-huh. News caught Roth. I don't know if you know this. Fox News caught no, Roth. There's video of it. Dave was coming out of LAX like a day or two ago, and it was Fox, and they captured him, and they interviewed him. And, you know, he said he retired, and he blew out all his dates and said he wasn't playing anymore. And then, of course, Dave being Dave is like, well, Rocky had 15 retirements. Why can't I have three? And I'm coming back. And, yes, of course, we should pay tribute to Eddie. So he fired the whole thing up again. From your perspective, were you contacted? What can you tell us, Michael? What can you tell us? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I like I I I had done a uh, a podcast uh, for uh, a Canadian podcast uh, I don't know month ago, a few few weeks ago, and uh, that that was brought up and mentioned something, and I guess somebody caught on to that, and that you know all of a sudden I got dragged into it, but uh, I. uh, you know, I'll tell you right now, I, I mean, I, I haven't spoken to him in a little while, but I, I have spoken with Alex on occasion. And uh, almost, and for the most part, we don't even speak that much about music, more about just family and how we're doing and stuff like that. You know, it, uh, I know he still pains him a lot as far as uh, Eddie goes, and it will probably for the rest of his life. But, uh, you know, we, we spoke, I, I, I spoke with him and, uh, and Dave uh, last year. Uh, about a, a possible something, but uh, you know, Dave just starts going, "Hey, I'm talking about it'll be man. We're gonna pass up, 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 up." And I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> I'm like, "Okay," and uh, we basically just had kind of a, a a conference call about having a conference call to to discuss it, and then uh, that other call uh, didn't happen for for whatever for whatever reason on on their end. You know, I told them that I'd obviously be interested, but. Uh, you know, and then and it would would be uh, more of like a celebration of the music rather than putting together something and calling it Van Halen because you know that just wouldn't be right uh, at this point. Uh, but uh, I don't know it, it, what kind of sparked all this is because I heard about Jason Newstead and that's the first that I had even heard about anything like that. And it was it, it was kind of interesting because he spoke to he said he spoke to them about a year ago and that's about the time I was speaking with him. So I I don't. Well, what Dave said about all that is he. I guess I'd have to call Jason and ask him. I don't know. Well, well, what Dave said about it is, and and I think Satriani alluded to this. And of course, you. Well, I mean, you were in Chickenfoot with Satch, so he should be able to maybe give you some insights for what you don't know. But I mean, uh, what Dave said is he just envisioned there being two or three musicians at every position to kind of make it like. Um, you know, a, a bunch of different people on different songs. So I don't think, I, I don't think that, that Newstead, if he was involved with, I'm only speculating would be at the exclusion of you. I think if in Dave's mind, and we all know Dave's mind can work in a lot of ways. <laughs> it was more, it was more about, okay, on guitar, there's Satch, there's maybe John five, there's this guy, there's that guy, there's Nuno on bass. There's 
of course, Michael, there's Wolf, there's Newstead, whatever. I think that what I got from it, that was the, the vibe. I don't know if I'm speculating right. too much, but I think the little the, what I've been able to pick apart, it seemed like it was it was that. Well, you know, I was kind of spec- I was kind of thinking along those lines also, Eddie. But then uh, uh, one thing made me kind of change my mind and make me think. Well, Dave's just kind of being Dave, and and maybe he's just saying that it would take at least two people to be able to duplicate what one person in this band did. And and the reason I I, I thought of that was all of a sudden he brought up the name Pink. Uh, I don't know if you remember you saying that, yeah. that that Pink would have to be one of the David Lee Roth characters or, or, or singers, and and I'm like, hmm, that just sounded a little, little too Dave to me to you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I I don't I don't know you know I uh, at this point Eddie I I I got to tell you I don't know if anything will ever happen you know you know because Alex is he, he's he's really hurting. Uh, and, uh, you know, him and Edward were so close on all levels, you know, musical levels and personally and whatever, uh, uh, that, I, you know, it, I don't know. It just seems to me like it might be really hard for Alex to even enter into something that, you know, to, to bring back, uh, all those memories. I don't know. I could, I could be wrong. You know, I'm not, I'm like, I'm the guy that always says never say never, you know? Yeah. But, well, we, uh, well, well, we, well, Alex, um, Alex has been completely quiet since since we lost Ed, and there's he was never really a yeah. big press guy anyway, and nobody really knows what I'm, I'm sure. Like you said, he's still very much grieving. He's never done anything without his brother, so it's all understandable if he is. And when you talk about different singers, if this thing was to happen, obviously Sammy's got to be there, and I would say you should even bring Gary out for a, a couple songs. But uh, I, I just I don't know how much of this is just Dave Daveisms or. There's really something behind it, but but here here's the thing, Michael, that I think where the big mistake is being made here mm-hmm. is that I don't think they, they keep whatever's been talked about with this. It's been talked about as a tour, and I don't see that at all right now. I think the first, and it's just me, little old me talking, but I think the first thing that should be done is like go rent the forum for a weekend or a night. And go in there and bring everybody, all surviving VH members and all these other great musicians that loved Eddie and do like what they did. And I went to this. There was a Chris Cornell tribute at the forum and everybody mm-hmm. came out and rage, the Soundgarden guys were there and the Audio Slave guys were there and everybody did sets and all these different singers that were influenced by Chris came up and sang their favorite song. It was a wonderful night. I think all the money went to a charity and all that. Instead of trying to put something like this out on the road, especially given everyone's schedules, just try to make one great memorial night happen to Eddie. If you did it in L.A. and it didn't move and it was one weekend, there's not a musician or a host that would say no to coming there and give all the money to his charity. It'd be perfect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And 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 when, and when I had uh, a phone conversation with these guys, that's kind of like uh, what was being uh, – kind of uh talked about was not actually doing a tour but uh you know because i really couldn't see the, you know it, you take something like this on on tour and you know people are gonna think oh it's a cash grab people you right. know whatever and then and 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 you know i'd rather like you said have something like a memorial type you know thing a thing done at, at a venue and and we there were actually a couple of venues discussed uh but uh, do it that way instead of taking it on the road and, you know, make it uh, just a real celebration of the music, you know. 
Absolutely. And if you, you could shoot it, you could record it. I know Eddie had a big charity that he was big into, Mr. Holland's Opus. We just talked mm-hmm. about a charity near you, near and dear to you, this children's hospital. I mean, you could right. take this money. Once you designate something for charity, then it removes all the, well, what's that guy getting paid? What's that guy getting paid? You cover the expenses. You monetize it. You give the money to charity. And you celebrate Eddie for a weekend in L.A. And then year or two down the line, if there's a way to put something together to go on the road, great. But I, I don't see, I think the thing that everyone's getting hung up on and can't figure out is this idea of a tour. It's just, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me right now. No, no, I, I, I wouldn't, I actually would not be up for doing a tour right off the bat. You know, I, I think like what you said, you know, holding, holding a, a, a celebration uh, of, of Eddie and the music and, and the whole Van Halen uh, legacy uh, would is great, and let's face it, none of us need the money. I don't need the money. I'd rather take the money and and, and throw it into charity. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we'll we'll see, Eddie. You know what? You'll be one of the first people that uh, that that I that I tell. Well, I'm going to come organize okay, the I'll, I'll damn thing, Michael. <laughs> I can't. I can't well, you figure gotta be, out. You have to MC. You have to MC it. Come on. That You're... too, but that too, but what I can't figure out why this is so hard to do because. It's like Irving Azoff, one of the most powerful people in music, handles Van Halen. You've got all these people that love Van Halen and love Daddy. You go do it in L.A. I mean, it's like it's like right there in front of you. I can't understand why it's so hard to connect the dots on this, but we are talking about Van yeah. Halen, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best soap opera in rock and roll. But uh, – you know, I, I think I think it all really hinges like upon uh, on Alex, you know, and and he's got to be the person really that wants to uh, to do this and 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 give his blessing to the whole thing, you know, for for it to uh, to move forward, you know, and and uh, I'm not like like I said when we speak, we really don't even speak about doing anything like that at this point, and uh, you know he's still healing, and uh, you know if it gets to that point. I'm sure Alex will be the first one that will want to do something like that. And just for clarity on this, because this came up a few times in the last month or so too, you you yeah. and Alex and you and Dave are cool, right? I mean, you never had any real beef with Alex. You're you're okay with Alex, right? No, 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 not at all. And uh, I mean, I I only spoke to Dave that one conversation we had last year, and I couldn't hardly get a word in edgewise. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is that's the typical Dave, but I, but I have spoken to Alex on occasion and, and, and it's great. And I mean, we speak, we'll speak for like 45 minutes, an hour. And uh, like I said, probably about the first 20 minutes is, you know, Alex, uh, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll vent, he'll vent to me a bit about, uh, you know, about, about all the circumstances around how everything happened with, with Eddie. But uh, you know, we, we basically just, talk about family and you know and 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 then we actually bring up some of the old the old times on the road <laughs> to lighten things up a bit yeah i'm sure do you do you have any relationship with wolf do you ever talk to him you know what i have not i have not spoken to wolf in a long time but we are i do uh i follow his uh instagram stuff and we kind of communicate through his instagram because i, mm. I follow uh you know what he's been doing on 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 tour and uh, actually, uh, our band, The Circle, we, we did a, a gig uh, uh, the other month uh, in Memphis, the Beale Street Festival. 
that uh, unfortunately, you know, Foo Fighters backed out of that because of, uh, you know, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins, you know, what happened mm-hmm. with him. Of course. And uh, the band that played right before us on stage was Dirty Honey. Mm-hmm. They're one of my they're one of my favorite L.A. bands now. Yeah, they've been. But uh, I, I spoke with those guys a little bit about, you know, the tour that they that uh, they did with uh, Wolf's band. And they 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 had nothing but great stuff to say about the about the tour. But, yeah, you know, I kind of communicate Wolf. He'll uh He'll uh, reply to me, and I'll comment. And we kind of like just kind of been communicating like that right now. I'm sure at some point I'll I'll speak with him though. Yeah, yeah, his band's real good, and he's off doing his thing. And I, you know, I really respect the fact that. Well, first of all, he he he's the first person with the last name Van Halen who gets into it on social media and will go right back at people and isn't shy mm-hmm. about expressing himself. And I've done, I've had him on a few times now since he's put this record out, which is real good, and I've seen him play live and. I respect the fact that he's really out there doing his own thing. You know, he doesn't play one note of Van Halen. He's really building it up from the ground up about his own music. And I think that's really admirable. He's not looking to go out there and uh, do a Van Halen tribute show with his own band. Yeah. And his band's good. His music's good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and that's the right thing to do too, you know, and uh, I got to give him props too, because yeah, he's going out and doing his own thing. And, uh, you know, uh, one thing that was discussed that, uh, you know, if, if there was a Van Halen thing that happened, he might not even be a part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, sure in, I'm sure in some sense he would be, but, you know, like, like he said, uh, I've heard him say on tour that he won't play one note of, you know, the, the music because that's, you know, he wants to do his own thing. Right, right. Well, we'll see, man. I mean, something should happen, and uh, you know, I, I, I think trying to do it as a weekend or even a one show, much like the Cornell thing at the Forum. I mean, that is just the no-brainer. Make it a charity event. It takes all the, the, the paydays off the table, and it could be a wonderful night to celebrate and remember the incredible music, and and of course Eddie as well. Uh, let me ask you this about Hagar. So you you out there with the circle, I know Sammy's working as hard as ever. You are as well. The band's mm-hmm. killer. You're playing all over. And I know you've made this new record with Dave Cobb that Sammy recently came out and said he thinks is the best record he ever made. Uh, that's that's obviously saying a lot. Uh, tell me about the stuff coming up with, with well, Sammy. Well, What's know, on the table? Know, every record Every record you make is the best record you make. You know, you don't put on an album and say, well, this one isn't quite as good as the last album I did, but, you know. <laughs> but uh, I can't I can't say this. I feel personally that, I mean, working with Dave Cobb, he's the most amazing producer, probably uh, besides Ted Templeman, uh, because he was the first producer I ever worked with, and we learned light years of stuff with him. Dave Cobb's probably one of the best producers I've, I've personally ever worked with. I mean, he's, he was involved in everything that's out there playing guitar with us you know we write wrote stuff in the studio and i think this is some of the best i know vocally it's some of the best harmony stuff i've done since van halen mm. and it and i i i i'm not saying that lightly it's you know there were they we wanted to on some of the stuff have a real van halen sound to the to the background which you know i am part of that and uh, there are harmonies on here where i sing every vocal part which i've really never done maybe once or twice in my career and uh I have to say, it sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, but, and speaking, uh, but, go but, ahead. but but the, but the, the music is great. I, it's a great album. Speaking of you singing, so I went to one of the Vegas shows and I saw you recently in Vegas at the Strat, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I saw you at that one. The one I was at, you came out front and sang lead on "Running with the Devil." That was awesome. 
Yeah, well, I can tell you this, Eddie, that uh, when we when we hit the road this month, uh, there's going to be a couple more surprises. I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to be singing some uh, some other uh, VH stuff, early stuff. I'm digging back into the catalog. Sammy's giving me a little spotlight on the lead vocal, so I figured, why not? Well, that's I mean, that's awesome. The band's awesome, and I said to Sammy a couple times recently, I said, look, unfortunately, the only place to hear Van Halen right now is is the circle and it's two guys from Van Halen and Sammy and yourself. So I said, why not spike a little bit more of it in, whether it's the Roth era stuff or his era. And the fact that he gives him a blow and he walks off and you get to do that. I mean, I thought it was great. I thought it was killer and you sounded great singing it. Well, thanks. Yeah. I'm having a, I'm having a great time and I won't, I won't mention any songs, but we're digging back on a few. I've uh, been talking with Jason and Vic and uh, while we're out on uh, on this summer run, uh, we're taking out George Thorogood. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit a couple of the other uh, old classics. You know, maybe dig back a little bit uh, more like deep cut stuff, and not just you know you ain't talking about love and stuff that uh, you know we would normally do. Oh, I'm all about that. Yeah. A little light up the sky, a little DOA, a little Romeo yeah, delight. Come on, know. Michael. You don't know. You never know, Eddie. <laughs> you never know. You know. I'll be there I, bugging I, I, you. I leave, I, leave, I, leave, I leave a lot of it up to, to Vic also, you know, to, you know, because I don't want him, you know, we don't want him playing the Eddie stuff note for note. I want him to feel comfortable with what he's playing and, and whatever. So, you know, I, I ask those guys, I say, what do you guys feel comfortable playing? What do you, what do you guys like, you know? Because I obviously like it all, so. So you, right. you might hear some stuff, some some stuff we haven't heard in a while. Well, it's got that's a be great way to keep it alive. I know me and all the other fans would would absolutely love that. And I'm going to be seeing you guys soon. There's a, it's not a public thing, but I, I I don't know if you if you even heard about it yet. But there's a private thing that we're all going to be doing uh, in in Texas coming up in uh, July, I think. So looking forward to seeing you at that. And uh, I want to do something with you. I mentioned this to you on email. I want to bring back, we're going to bring back our, I was doing this show from the patio at the rainbow with a live audience and schedule permitting. I would love to have you out there with me for an hour, giving us some sunset strip stories from the early days. That would be awesome. If you can do that. I've got some good ones too, Eddie. Oh, I know you do. I know you do. We do it right uh, in the shadow of. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love, I'd love love to come out and, uh, and chat about, you know, I, I love talking. That's one of the things I tell you when I'm talking with Alex. I mean, we reminisce about like the early days and, and we ended up uh, just laughing our asses off, you know, yeah. it was, it, you know, cause that's, that's when it truly was fun. You know, we were hardworking, but it was fun. And uh, it was, it was some crazy stuff going on back then. Well, if we do the rainbow thing, Alex is invited too, if you want to invite him. <laughs> that <laughs> well, might be I, a good I one. A shout out. I could, I could, I could reach out and see. Oh man, that would be the best. Course, I mean, you know, what, course, you know, what, Al, course, you know, Al, he's so kind of mild mannered. He'd probably go, Oh no, 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 we didn't do that. No, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't do that. Those walls in the rainbow uh, we, talk, Michael, <laughs> those walls talk, man. <laughs> Alex was the craziest guy, uh, the craziest guy in the band out there. In the early days. <laughs> I learned all my good stuff from him. I'm sure. Last thing. <laughs> The hot sauce. How's it going? What's the mm-hmm. latest? The hot sauce. Did you get your package yet, Eddie? I Not you yet. Package. Okay, Not yet. You know, I always have to make sure that you got enough hot sauce. I uh, appreciate yeah, it. Just, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm having fun with it. We got a, a, a restaurant chain in the South called Wild Wing Cafe that we're connect- heavily connected up with. And they're using my barbecue sauces and, uh, and, and mustard and, you know, just 
just get, you know, get it out there and having fun doing it. You know, I'm not, I'm not in it uh, as seriously as Sammy is with the alcohol. I'm, I, I'm, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not planning on becoming a millionaire making hot sauce, but I, it's just, it's just a fun thing for me to do. And while, while I can still eat it too. Yeah. You, I didn't know you had barbecue. You're, I've got the, I've got the hot, the super hot and the mustard. I didn't know you yeah, had a barbecue get, now as well. Yeah. You're going to get the barbecue also. Wow, it's good stuff, it's Matt good. Anthony Cafe. You got to check it out. Seriously, it's <laughs> even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't Michael's name on it, it's just damn good. It's re- I've always been a fan. You know that it's real good stuff. Yeah, thanks. You'll be getting your package soon, Ed. I appreciate it, man. Well, listen, great to talk to you. And again, most importantly in this conversation, help out this great charity that Michael has going for the uh, for the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. Walk and Play LA happening June 25th at the LA Coliseum. And again, you can go to the website Eddie, to learn more. Eddie, you've got uh, you got zillions of listeners. If all you out there just just donate five dollars, it would just mean the world to the hospital and you know, and to me. Well, last time some of my listeners came up with even way bigger donations, but anything helps. That's the bottom line. Anything helps. And it's chla.org. And in the next few minutes on on my uh, Twitter and on my Facebook, because you can't put links on Instagram, but on those two, I will put a direct link to Michael's page so that you guys can just click on it. And it's so easy to make the donation. There's all these boxes there, 25 bucks, whatever. And you'll feel great about it. And it's for great. I mean, what's better than helping out? Uh, kids that have to be in the hospital so it's great stuff you're doing bud and i wish you all the luck with the walk i hope everybody donates and uh, helps out big time thanks a lot eddie i really appreciate it and uh can't wait to see everybody out there this summer see you this summer and uh, i'll be in touch man hopefully we can put this rainbow thing together i'd love to do that with you sounds good eddie i'd, I'd love to come out and uh you know, you feed me a couple of shots out there, and boy, I'll, the stories will start coming out. <laughs> that's easy. That's easy in that environment. That's that's very easy to do. All right, man. Best to your family, Michael. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care, Eddie. See you, man. Well, thanks to Michael Anthony. Love that guy. See Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood on tour. As you heard Michael say, he's actually going to be singing some more Van Halen songs in the set, and we'll see what happens with the. Uh, the rumored Van Halen tribute tour show, whatever it may be. I just hope something happens. We will see in the near future. Next up, we have for you my interview with Tracy Guns that happened uh, also about a week or so ago. Tracy, of course, the lead guitarist of L.A. Guns, a founding member of that band, a band that has made three really good records since they reunited with Phil Lewis. Tracy and Phil came back together. And a band that... uh, as you're about to hear, has a brand new record already done, although it is yet to come out. Tracy talks about that and the tour they are currently on with Faster Pussycat and Tom Kiefer. So without further ado, second interview for you this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast is Tracy Guns. Here he is. A few minutes now with Tracy Guns, whose band LA Guns is about to kick off touring I think they were supposed to start last night, and that didn't happen because of weather. I think they will be starting tonight, but we'll find out all about that with Tracy himself, who joins us right now on Trunk Nation. What's happening, brother? How are you? I'm good. What's going on there? Uh, hanging in there, man. So what happened? You guys were supposed to start last night, and then there was weather issues? Yeah, I, I mean, 
the day started out great. You know, it was like light rain, got out of the bus naked to go greet all my friends. And uh, we're hooting and hollering and they're setting up the stage. And then, well, you know what? The weather forecast said that there was lightning storms coming on exactly the time Faster Pussycat was to go on. It kind of go all night. So luckily we had Friday off. So we just postponed the gig till tomorrow. Now, that's the Sonic Slam Tour, which is Tom Key for L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat. But just for clarity purposes, you guys are also breaking off and doing your own shows where you're headlining and Faster Pussycat is joining you. So there are variations right. on this where some nights it's two bands and some nights it's with Kiefer, right? Right. Like tonight um, with Boston, or we're in Boston at the Showplace Theater, and it's us and – oh, Buffalo. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Hello, Cleveland. Uh, we're in Buffalo, New York tonight <laughs> and uh, with Faster Pussycat. And then tomorrow, the rescheduled one that was supposed to be last night will be with Kiefer. Exactly. Exactly. So most of the shows are with Kiefer. So, Trace, how is this? Um, tell me about this tour and the three-headed thing, Sonic Slam, with Tom at the top, L.A. Guns, and then Faster obviously I would think you've got history with, with, I know with faster and with Kiefer as well. Talk a little bit yeah. about the history and connecting with these bands and this thing coming together. Well, you know, we actually wanted to start doing this three years ago. Right. And, um, what we did is we did some tester shows with Tom, um, that were real successful. Only three. We did, you know, a couple in the Midwest and one like kind of like, above Los Angeles at this weird outdoor amphitheater. And then Tim Heine, uh, Tom's manager, just emailed me directly. He said, okay, do we want to do this? And talked to everybody, and everybody wanted to do it. And then it was also Tom, uh, Tim Heine's idea to get Faster Pussycat on the bill, which I thought was brilliant. Um, and it was really simple, you know, getting it together. You know, all the promoters were like, oh, yeah, that's a great bill. And, you know, we're a little selective, and Tom's a little selective. So it just feels really like, you know, all the right music and all the right people. And, you know, I, I, I'm really, I'm really excited. One of the things I love about it is all three bands who, of course, I know very well are not only great bands, but are 100% real live bands. And that is something that I know right. Tom is very passionate about as well to the point that he even has talked about that on his social media leading in to this tour. So the fact that yeah. everybody coming out is going to see three live, real plug-in-and-play, 100%, you know, not a laptop-in-sight rock bands, I think is a brilliant right. thing, and it's something I have a lot of appreciation for. It just means we're all old. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. You know, I mean, you've got three musical groups. Um, that play their instruments and stuff. And, but I feel the same way you do. I don't think that bands like us, you know, in particular rock and roll bands, really should rely on, on anything, you know, pre-recorded, um, especially if it's the main part of a, the, the music. You know, I think that's a little nuts. However, there is other styles of music where, you know, they have to have that, you know, and everything. But for rock and roll, let's, let's keep it live. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Tell me about your part on now on Sonic Slam when you guys are in the middle slot. How long is your set going to be? And I imagine, because you guys have just made, since you've reunited with Phil, you, you made three fantastic records. You're, you're, the new music, 
I've said this often that LA Guns have has made is I think among the best stuff that you've done. That being said, we all know most artists are going to lean on where the bread is buttered, which is the early and yeah. uh, classic stuff. So how long's yeah. the set and how are you putting the set together given that you've got all the classic stuff and of course three great recent records? Well, I agree with you. I, I know we're fucking amazing, aren't we? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, the, no, the, it, it's really, really difficult. You know, had we not made the last three records, it would still be difficult because we have a 45 minute set, which is eight songs. Um, so, you know, a lot of people coming to hear the new stuff are going to be disappointed. I mean, I got to be honest, you know, we're going to do cannonball and speed in that short set. Um, but we can't do any of the real epic kind of new stuff in that time frame because we have to play, you know, we got to play Ballad of Jane and Rip and Tear and Never Enough and Sex Action and, you know, th those things, Electric Gypsy. We cannot ever not play those songs. So it makes it really difficult for us. And last night, Bill and I got wasted. And, and we were listening to Waking the Dead album and we were listening to our new album, which isn't even out yet. You oh know? So, so it's just it's a, it's a music problem. And, you know, Phil had said, you know, I wish we could do one of those kind of two to three hour sets every night where we change things around. Some nights it's a shorter set, but so we could really dive in. And this is not the summer that's going to happen. You know, it's, it's uh, on the Tom shows. It's the familiar music that the casual fan knows. And on the headliner shows, you absolutely get a lot of the, the newer stuff too. Yeah, well, and and look, it's a good problem to have. And but you, you guys, and I'm not just saying this to blow smoke. I've seen you a lot recently, and since yeah. the band came back together, and the band is phenomenal live. But above and beyond that, you really have made three great records since you've reunited. Let's be honest. There's a lot of bands. It's like that. What you're saying is exactly what most people would want to hear because the new stuff is like it's okay or whatever. But the yeah. new stuff you guys have made is really, really good. So it is it is a good problem to have, and you'll expand it on it a little bit when you're headlining your own shows and it's not with Tom, it sounds like. Well, you know, what we're doing, you know, we got some Vegas shows coming up around uh, before Thanksgiving, and we always do two nights at, at Corey's place, um, Vamps. And yep. so that's going to be the first time we're going to do basically all new stuff on one night and then all the classic stuff. You know, and both nights will have a little of each mixed in. But that's going to be the first time we're going to be able to experiment with doing two nights at the same venue where we're able to split the music up like that. You know, and, and like for us, we think that that's going to be the best solution because, we, you know, like you said, you know, the, the, the new records have attracted a new audience. You know, and a lot of those people, you know, they don't have the attention span to go back and listen to sex action or, you know, malaria or anything like that. So, you know we kind of owe it to, you know, these new people as well. So it is a problem and it's a good problem. I suppose. Um, I just don't want, you know, when you're passionate about music as a fan and you go see your band, it pisses you off if they don't play that music. You know, I'm, I've been in that boat a lot. And um, so I don't know what else to do though. We're a very creative band and we have a great label and we have uh, Sean Duncan is uh, from Odin playing drums for us right now by the way i just wanted to drop that in there um you know so this is the first show of a tour and you know i'm nervous as hell 
Do you really get nervous after all these decades of doing this before a tour? Yeah, and it's worse because, you know, the pandemic now. I'm not that nervous. I mean, I'm not, but yes, normally I get really nervous before every show. I don't know why. All the therapy, it, it doesn't help that. <laughs> there wouldn't be an L.A. Guns without a lineup change. You just mentioned you have a new drummer. Talk about that. Last time I saw you, it was Shane. Before that, I yeah. think you had Coogan. So there's always something. There's always some shuffling going on. But tell tell me about the change of drummer just before you went out on the road. Well, it's wild. So you know the the way that we've kind of done things, and you know for the past four or five years, anyways, is there's a lot of people in LA. Guys, Adam Hamilton has played drums on the last two records, and and everything else I've done. He's been the the, the studio guy particularly because of the pandemic and he's, we have a great working relationship remotely. Um, and then Shane, uh, I, you know, I'm just going to say it, his wife's pregnant, you know? So, you know, you know, we're like, yeah, you know, you got to do that. And Sean and I have wanted to play together for a very long time. You know, we've been on tour together. We get along great. You know, he's got that right kind of John Bonham feel. Alex Van Halen kind of thing, which is really what L.A. Guns needs. Um, of course, Coogan's a fireball. Amazing. Uh, great vocals and stuff like that. So, you know, we don't really say anybody's in the band, out of the band. But, cur- but currently, you know, Sean is our man. He's driving the boat. And, uh, it, you know, of course, it adds a, a different element as well, because every musician, when you're playing live and not to tracks, you know, it's chemistry. You mentioned a few minutes ago that you already wrote a new record. Yeah, I haven't sent you any of that yet like I normally do. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to let the, the, the new record that's out kind of sink in with people. And people really like that new record, you know. So, you know, I'm just trying to, to hold back. And then, you know, I also just re- recorded a record with Todd Kearns, which is, is almost done. So, you know, I don't know where it's coming from, but I... I you know, I, I record everything anyway. So when they come up, I record them, and then we just have this surplus of music, and it, it's going well. It, it's really therapeutic as well. So you've got so Checkered Past is the latest LA Guns record. The new record for LA Guns, you, did you record it already, or you just wrote it? Yeah, yeah, it's recorded. Oh, completely <laughs> recorded, like you, you're done. Um, Bill still has to do some vocals. Johnny has to drop in some bass here and there, but it's done. Do you think you'll put that out this year? I don't think so because uh, with the label, it's a long, boring story, but, you know, I had written these 22 songs and I had to divide them between L.A. Guns and and, uh, Todd Kearns because I was scheduled for the Todd Kearns record. That was next. But I had written all this material, so it had to go somewhere, and everybody was at home you know, still because of the pandemic and not touring and things. So we just finished a new LA guns record. So, um, tentatively titled broken glass or shattered glass or big old ass. I don't know. Um, but, but we got it, you know, and it, and it's fucking great. I got to say it. It's really great. So, okay. So there's that. And of course, Kearns is a good friend and he's been on, he was just on with me last week. And, uh, for people that don't know Todd, you, you, I mean, he's in uh, Slash's band as the bass player, but he's also yeah. a great singer and guitar and uh, guitar frontman himself. So what? So yeah. what's Todd doing? Todd's doing a record with you. Yeah, we're, it's a collaboration on Frontiers. 
Um, kind of like what I did with Michael Sweet and Jack Russell and that type of thing. But this one's a little different because, you know, Todd and I are kind of cut from the same cloth. And uh, so there was extra care on my side of writing music that I would kind of typically write in a diverse way. You know, Van Halen, Zeppelin, Sabbath influences, just kind of like L.A. Guns. And, uh, you know, and with Todd singing, it'll sound like that project. You know what I mean? It'll sound fucking fantastic. I mean, Todd's great, you know, so... Yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot, lot to look forward to if people want new music from me. And of course, Todd lives in Vegas, and I know that uh, you guys both did Rock Vault at one point in Vegas. Did you do that ever together? No, we didn't. You know, the the one time that we played together was Sin City Sinners, and Todd and I did this version a whole lot of love. And I really encourage people to go on YouTube and watch it because. It's one of those, you know, magic 10 minutes of music. And Todd and I really have, you know, like I said, we're cut from the same cloth. So, you know, it comes across as a real authentic performance of the song. I play the theremin solo, the whole thing. And that was that was the, the start of an idea like, hey, we should do something together. And that was like eight years ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. So these things stack up. And when the opportunity comes up, you know, the time for timing wise, you know, I just have to seize those opportunities, and that's why we did it now. Is there plans for LA Guns beyond this tour? I know that you mentioned you're going to do that that uh, couple nights at Vamped. I know, and I saw you last year. You did, I think it was New Year's Eve at the Whiskey. I think you're back on for that again. Is all yeah, that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Is there stuff? Any yeah. other stuff lined up? And then the record next year, and just keep going the way you're going. Is that the idea? I th I think that's what we're trying to do. Is you know, book one cruise a year. We have a. Uh, we have a cruise this year that I can't announce yet. Um, so we have a cruise coming up after this tour. We have some local LA shows at those Canyon club venues, the Vegas shows. Um, we have a, a San Juan Capistrano show and then new year's. And then maybe a sprinkling of things like Arizona in January. Um, but then basically we're going to try to see if we can do this every year where right now we're doing nine solid weeks of touring and because of my living situation i live in la you know kind of half the time in denmark half the time and touring half the time which i guess would be thirds um you know i got to be really careful with not committing to like sporadic shows like lions and stuff like that because you know i have two separate families and and the band is is my third family so this way seems to be really sustainable financially it brings in a lot of money if we stay away for kind of like you know seven eight months um so and then the rest of the time when i'm you know off i will be making new records you know so that's kind of you know i mean it's a plan and we all know that plans are god's way of making people jokes you know so, yeah. you know but we'll see how it goes and um but yeah, like going to Europe and South America, Australia and things like that, those are off the table right now. And the last thing before I let you run, and we should mention too, there's an LA Guns Faster Pussycat uh, show, just the two bands that'll be this Monday. That's at Sony Hall in New York City. So check the listings, yeah. check the LA Guns website because some of the dates are just the two bands. And then like Tracy was saying, the bulk of it is the Sonic Slam, which is with Kiefer at the top of the bill. And Tom's mm -hmm. band's phenomenal right. as well. I mean, just incredible. So incredible. Let, let me ask, 
Yeah, let me ask you this though, bro. Before I let you go, I had you. I had uh, the director of that Randy Rhodes documentary on a few weeks ago, which you narrated it. And uh, I, I enjoyed that. You know, I, I know that there's a lot of controversy about Randy and these documentaries and what is and isn't legit or what is and isn't coming out. But I, I Uh, thought that it was long overdue and I, I liked it very much. What was your thoughts about the doc and being involved in it? You know, I, I agree with you, you know, and I'm really close with Kathy Rhodes in particular. And I know Kelly and, you know, he's really a lovely person too. And I know that they are, you know, really, uh, you know, I don't know what the word is. You know, they, they, they really, you know, they love their brother and they want to protect their brother. Um, and at the time, I didn't tell Kathy right away because I was going to surprise her because I knew that, you know, if I was involved, that, that she would be very, you know, uh, flattered in a way. And so when she found out, you know, we talked about it and, you know, she just said, I wish you would have run it by me first. And I was like, oh, man, you know. I'm, you know, this, that, and the other. And she said, I'm not mad at you. You know, um, I know that you love Randy and things like that. And so, you know, kind of gave me the green light to put a positive spin on it. And um, for me, that's coming full circle in my life because Randy Rhodes had the same impact on me as Jimmy Page and Eddie Van Halen. You know, I mean, he's my guy. I'm, you know, I'm obsessed. So, you know, I watched the documentary a few times and I had to practice along with it. And it's a very accurate account of his life. Um, and if I thought it wasn't, I mean, you know, I was in a band with Rudy Sarzo for over a year where he told me so many, you know, heartfelt stories as Rudy does. He's a really, you know, he's an emotional guy when it comes to Randy. Um, so, you know, after watching the documentary a few times before I did it, you know, I felt really comfortable doing it. I felt like it really put Randy in a great light. I think it really exposed his human nature as a kind person and then the exact balance of the, you know, the incredibly dark guitar player, um, loud, you know, just, just, you know, he's just one of those icons that I feel that it was time to kind of get back into the general public, you know, and create a little bit of curiosity. And it's been very successful and the reviews have been really good. So, it, it, it ends up all positive for everybody. And, you know, it's weird when you're involved in something that's about somebody else, you know, I mean, this project's not about me. You know? So, so I, I, I always had to be really careful when we were doing the press for it. And, you know, cause we did a lot of podcasts, um, you know, with Andre, the guy that you, uh, you interviewed yeah, and, you know, just really kept it respectful and, you know, I get a lot of mail about that, that documentary and it's all positive. And, uh, I love the Rhodes family and it's, it's the only thing I could ever do to, to give back. There's nothing else I can do to give back to the Rhodes family and for everything that Randy's done for, for me as, as a, as a guitarist, you know, um, and that's it. That's all I can say. If you ever wanted to hear, uh, Tracy and the influence of Randy Rhodes, listen to a track called gave it all away on the Missing Peace album from L.A. Guns. It's basically an homage to Diary of a Madman at one point, which is killer. It's so good. (laughs) So, well, you know, know, now that you brought that up, uh, gave it all away and the uh, the Missing Peace, those two pieces of music. I had written for Quiet Riot in 2006. After I was in Brides, I was going to join Quiet Riot, and I wrote those two huge 
classical rock influenced songs. And then I ended up not doing the band. So I was carrying those songs around for years. And when, and I didn't want to do them for kind of like a solo project or, you know, uh, whatever kind of projects I do, I wanted to do it for something that was important. <clears throat> and I feel like that, those two songs, even though they're not hit songs by any means, when people bought the missing piece and they're listening to the typical LA gun songs, and then those came on, I really felt like it lent some, you know, something valid to the new recreation of the band. Yeah. Yeah, it's killer. It really is. Hey, man, I got to wrap up. Say hi to the guys. Say hi to all the bands. I'll see you guys in Houston. I'm hosting your show in Houston later on in the month. So I'll see you there. Travel safe. And everybody go check out Sonic Slam, Tom Kiefer, L.A. Guns, Faster Pussycat, or maybe in your city, just L.A. Guns with a longer set with Faster. Uh, Whatever it is, it'll be a good night of real rock and roll. All right, man, thanks. Travel safe, Trace. I'll see you soon. Thanks, man. Rock and roll. See you, bro. Thanks to Tracy. Much appreciated. Check out the tour out there right now. Some dates, L.A. Guns with special guest Faster Pussycat. Others, Tom Kiefer at the top of the bill. I'll be hosting a show in Houston at Warehouse Live that features all three bands. Hope to see you there if you're in that part of the country. And that one is happening on June 25th in Houston. See you there for the Sonic Slam Tour. Uh, Also, thanks to, as I mentioned, Michael Anthony earlier in the podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode every week. And if you're in the U.S. or Canada and you're not already listening on Volume Sirius XM Channel 106, please come on board and join me for Rock Talk and interviews live every day. If you're only listening to this podcast, you're only getting a tiny taste of what I do on a daily basis on the radio Trunk Nation, Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 Eastern, replays 10 to midnight Eastern on volume channel 106, and of course, everything, audio, video, and more on the app. Have yourselves a great week. Hope to catch you on the radio. If not, back here next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast.